Welcome to the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast, a radio show to help you start and grow your custom apparel and promotional goods business. Get ready to soak up some knowledge with the Custom Apparel Startups crew. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Custom Apparel Startups Podcast. My name is Mark Vila, and today we're going to be talking about starting a side business and growing it to full time. Okay, and the the reason why we have this episode are, are so many people are out there and they want to make more money. They want to have some financial independence. They're looking for just something on the side for some play money, whatever it might be. Um, or they just want to get out of the grind, right? They work for the man and you no longer want to do that. And how do you do that successfully? How do you get started? How do you decide where do you want to be and grow? So um, on this episode, we've got um, Amir Bavi, did I pronounce yep, that correct? I didn't correct. even ask you. <laughs> no, that's correct. <laughs> Bad job on me. So, um, but we've got Amir Bavi here, and he works at Coldesi, and he's got a side hustle business that he's run. He's had a full time business he's run. He's grew up in this customization industry, and I'll let him talk about that throughout the episode. But you've got all this experience in starting growing changing and now advising people on 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 the right direction to go that i thought we have to share this with a lot more people so hopefully if you're out there listening uh, maybe you're just trying to get started and you don't know where to go or you're a side you're running a little side business now and you want to figure out how you can level it up and we've got some steps that you can actionably take in this podcast to to help you get going so um why don't you just tell us a little bit about um, what you have done in the past and then a little bit about what you do now, just so everyone kind of understand. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you for having me here today. And yeah, so I have a little bit over 20 years experience in the sign and printing business. I um, started off in the sign business basically since 2014, been dealing with apparel. And that's a big part of what we do. Um, like you said, I've started with doing it as a site side gig working, you know, working a full-time job selling shirts out the truck of my car on paydays all the mm-hmm. way to having the full-time business where it was my main source of income. And then recently coming here to Coldesi. Um, this is nice because it keeps me in the industry, but I still have the ability to do it and I still do my business at the same time too. Yeah, no, that's great. And what my favorite part about kind of your journey, and we, we spoke about this a bit before the, mm-hmm. the we started recording, but you had... Um, you started doing it on the side because you wanted kind of the hustle and the money. And then you decided to go full time and it, it, it wasn't as fun for you full time. You kind of preferred it the other way. So you went back and I was saying that that's, um, that's like the beauty in the time and place that we live in, you know, here in the U S where anybody can start a side business. Anyone can start a business. Anyone can be successful. And then you can kind of, go all or or nothing and everywhere in between. So you could have a part-time job and and a, a pretty, you know, 20 plus hour a week side business that's almost not even a side business anymore. Yeah. It's like one part-time job and another um and every combination. So um I have some I have a friend that has who's had a vinyl cutter for probably a decade now and he's gone through all that and he's like right now I maybe work like 2 hours a month. And he's like that's about it and he's like I make He's like, honestly, he's like the money I make with there. He's like, we go out for one awesome meal together. His wife and I He's like, and I love it like that. Um, and, uh, and then of course, all the way to the other side where we have people who, um, just on the custom apparel startups, uh, Facebook group at the end of last year, 
right before Christmas, someone had said that they had finally turned in their full-time job badge Mm -hmm. to be able to take this business full-time because that was their dream, you know? So whatever it is, um, we're going to hear to help to kind of get you through it. And um, now you spend a lot of time advising people on the phone, helping them to get started. And that was part of the inspiration of this podcast. What are some of the common things that you hear from folks when they're trying to get started and they don't know what to do? Well, one of the biggest ones that I hear is from a lot of people who are either just looking to get started, whether you have a cricket machine and you're doing the small um, HTV vinyl to get started, even if you're only doing it for yourself. A lot of people I talk to, they do it for their friends and their family members, no intentions of starting it as a business. And it kind of grows. You know, one thing I always recommend to people is always try something before you jump fully into it. You know, there's a lot of people who do it strictly as like a, a passion project, you know, they'll do stuff for their friends, their family members, and they'll make extra money revenue coming in from it. Then you have the spectrum, the other side where you can take it full time and it'll grow fast. I mean, you will n- never work a job to have the ability to make the money you can make in this industry. You know, mm-hmm. it's very common to be able to do two, $300 an hour. You're never going to go do that in your average day-to-day grind working for somebody, you mm-hmm. know, and that's not even really working a lot of hours or anything like this. That's bare minimum production, you know? So, yeah. you know, the nice thing is, like you said, everybody has an option, but as far as people, the most things I hear is just people wanting to get started and they're scared to get started. Right. Right. And that's like a, the, the big thing, right. Is, is you're going to invest in, cause you can get a cricket, right. Mm-hmm. And it is just like slow dirt yep. and you're doing a sheet at a time. And the, and it's cool when you're doing like 12 tank tops yeah. for a uh, for like a bridesmaids something like that bachelorette party but then as soon as somebody says we want you know 12 tank tops 12 t-shirts 12 mugs a sign and all of a sudden you've got like a hundred piece order you're you turn that cricket on at like six o'clock at night on a friday mm-hmm. and you are going to like three o'clock oh, in the yeah. morning and you're not done yeah. By the way. <laughs> and it's worse when you get people that ask you for the larger jobs and you're like, there's no way I can handle this. And yeah. I, I've heard that quite a little bit where people will do the one, you know, one offs here and there, a couple shirts here and there, but then they'll get people asking them, Hey, you know, can you do a hundred shirts from my business? And they're like, no, I can't touch it because think about all the money you're missing out on it, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, having the right equipment definitely you know, helps elevate you, especially these days, there's no better time to start because you have more options now than ever for ways to get started in the right, industry. Right. And, and that's a just a great point is is finding the right way to start. Sure. So, so folks decide, well, I know I don't want to do that, you know, cricket thing, not to mm-hmm. pick on it. It's a, it's a great hobby yeah. machine for fun, but you try to step it into a business. It's a challenge. So they call us and they yep. start talking about that. And next thing you know, they're like, do I want to invest a couple hundred bucks in financing this? Like, is this the right move for me? Well, how am I going to even get my first customers? Well, what if I can't make the payment? You know, and all these things go through the head. So one of the best ways to help determine if and when you're ready and to show that you can do it is kind of going through some of the steps we'll talk about yeah. in this podcast. And then we'll go into kind of just a little bit of Q&A. So um, what I, I kind of think of... Um, when you want to start a business, the best thing you can do, and we've talked about this a ton of times in the podcast, is that you have to write some things down, yep. right? You need a business plan. And that doesn't mean um, you need to Google search, how do I write a business plan? Well, I mean, you can, but yeah. waste of time unless you're going to like an investor or something. You just need to say, you know, 
who, what, when, where, why, and kind of write those things down. So I, I wrote those. And I'm, I'm literally just going to read them out to make it quick, right? So, you know, who, like, who's your customer, right? I mean, do you agree that you probably should have an ideal place to start for your first customers? And um, what are some examples that you think of, like, how, how would you get your first, like, 10 orders? So, so one thing that... I talk to a lot of people about is always utilizing your your own little book of business. You know, a good mm. mentor of mine always told me growing up is utilize your own network. So, and what I mean by that for people is if you have friends that are business owners, um, if you have kids in sports, you know, whether it's cheer, football, anything along those lines, um, if you belong to a church or organization, you know, um, I've heard all different scenarios, but, you know, just understanding, you know, if you, even if you have little kids, you know, there's always something going on, understand who you want to sell to, even if it's only doing stuff for yourself. Like if you buy a cricket or if you buy a machine to want to do small projects, okay, well, if you're doing stuff for your kids, why can't you do it for other kids? Mm -hmm. So just kind of understanding the items you want to do, you know, there's hundreds of items that you can make as far as custom products go. So one of the biggest ones I would recommend is starting kind of with what you want to sell. And then that will kind of help take you to who you're going to sell. Yeah, to. that's great. And I actually just did a podcast kind of recently where we talked about kind of you have to find a place to start and it's either with who or what. Yeah. Right. And, that, and, and so I think that's a perfect that you mentioned that because we'll go into what next. But you have to decide kind of, um, you know, who is it? Well, um, I am a member of a couple of clubs or my uh, kids are in sports, or um, I have a really big community that I'm very, very active in. Like, you know, um, I'm, I work with the HOA or yeah. something like that in, the, in, the, in this giant community. So I've got, I've got an audience that I can speak to, right? And you, and, and you can go to those folks. And then it's kind of the what, you know, do you want to sell t-shirts? Do you want to sell mugs, signs, you know, hats, yeah, yeah, hats, graphic, you know, custom graphics, whatever it is, you have to figure out kind of what, and that's the next one is, is what do you want to sell them? And, um, there is, there's plenty of things you could do to kind of research the what, but in my opinion, the simplest thing is if you have an immediate like or passion for yep. something. Absolutely. Cause when you enjoy something, it makes it a lot better. You know, like we were talking earlier before the podcast is, you know, I personally enjoy the business more as a side hustle than as a full-time gig because I enjoy it for the passion of it. You know, mm -hmm. I enjoy going and knocking out a few shirts here and there doing it. It's not something that I want to do all day, every day long, but it's nice to be able to make extra couple hundred bucks here and there. So I enjoy it more for that side avenue aspect. But once again, you know, find what you like, you know, if you're big into, let's say, um, hats and you love mm -hmm. hats, you know, we'll focus on hats markets. There's companies that are very successful doing nothing but selling just hats, yeah. you know, you know, not saying you can't expand into other products, but if you find something that you like, like if, if you're not a fan of, um, let's just say, um, let's say cups, you're not a mm -hmm. big fan of doing custom cups. Well, you wouldn't want to go start your business starting doing something that you're not really a fan of. You know, you want to do something that you can, if you like doing custom shirts, putting your own saying, start by doing your own stuff, wearing it out. People will see it. And then it just kind of builds from there, but absolutely do something that you enjoy that way, especially when you're doing something as a, a side hustle or a side job, you don't want to do something you don't enjoy. You want to do something you enjoy because right. especially if you work all day and let's say you're not really too happy in your day job, you want to come home and do something you enjoy to get the passion, to be able to grow, to do it full time to where you can do something you enjoy. If you don't enjoy it, it's kind of hard to find the passion in something that you don't enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, 
that's something that um, is often advice that we describe is that you kind of have to think of um, like, do you actually have a passion for doing something? So if you have a passion for uh, creating graphic arts and you also like, um, you know, you like t-shirts, yeah. you're just a fan of different, you know, some people own no t-shirts, right. right? And other people have a closet full. I have a friend that I've only seen him wear t-shirts. He has tons of cool ones from all over the world. It's a passion for him. So um, if you've got that passion for a particular product, it's a super easy choice to make. You know, you can, you can start to sell that product and make money. So we've kind of got the who and what. And as you mentioned, um, the simplest answer to who right from the beginning is just the network you're in. So if you are, if you do have like a hobby passion, uh, like you're, you know, motorcycles or cars and you go to events or clubs or sports, something like that, that you attend, um, or you, or you play in some sort of like a, you know, dodgeball team or something like that. So those are immediately kind of who's you can go to if you don't really have that yet because plenty of people are just busy working and then when they work they hang out with their friends their hobbies is maybe you know fishing alone on sunday morning you're right they're not with a group of people well then your network is just literally your friends and family mm-hmm. you text email call everyone you know and just say hey by the way i do this now well if you know anybody yeah, right absolutely but we're, we're also in a social media day and age mm-hmm. where you have access to people where you would have to call text and, you know, take the time to spend hours reaching out to people. A lot of times it's one post on social media mm-hmm. where people can see it. You know, one thing I recommend is even if you're doing it as a side business, grow a business page, start a free business page, post pictures of all the work that you do. That way people can see what it is and you'll be surprised. People will stumble upon you. Um, you have lots of free avenues as far as social media advertising, like you can go on local Facebook groups and promote. Um, I belong to a lot of local groups for, you know, people looking for recommendations for custom items. So a lot of times you can just scroll on social media and find people looking for work. That's a lot of times how I find my work. People are like, hey, I'm looking for, you know, shirts for a family reunion. You know, you can comment. You know, I like to message people directly and say, listen, if you need help, I can help you. Here's some samples of my work. Let me know if you would like a quote or yeah. let me know if I can help. And you'll be surprised how many people are like, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, it grows very fast, you know, and most times when people, one thing I always like to tell people, when people order shirts, or even custom items in general. It's very rare that they order one. A lot of times people focus on the one shirt. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. they're gonna want one shirt. You know, my experience, most people buy four, five, six, you know, let's say if they're doing a a trip to a theme park with the family, they all want shirts. If it's Mm -hmm. a birthday, if it's a family reunion, and you'll get larger orders, You'll be surprised for 25, 50, 100 shirts, even larger orders. You know, sometimes they'll even go into the thousands, which obviously, depending on how you're doing them, you might not want to do a thousand right. shirts, you know, <laughs> but it's at least nice to know that it's not always about the one shirt. Because if you had to rely on just selling one shirt at a time, yes, it it would seem very daunting and overwhelming. But a lot of times if one customer orders one job, that one job will pay for that machine for the whole month. Yeah. Doing 10 shirts. Yeah. You know? and, and that's a remarkable thing. So, um and and that's what one of definitely one of the reasons that I've always been passionate about this business is is the who who you're going to sell to is as far as starting mm-hmm. being able to make say a machine payment right to be able to say how can I make two hundred and fifty dollars a month whatever your number is for whatever you're mm-hmm. going to buy is going to be different but we need to pick a number so I'm going to say the sure. word two fifty so two fifty and if you can profit you know. Um, a hundred bucks in order. Yeah. That's 
two and a half orders. Well, I have a simple formula if it yeah, helps please. out. So, and I, I and I use this when I talk with people. So, an average like. Custom t-shirts range in price from, I've seen them as cheap as $15 all the way up to $35, $40. Mm -hmm. You know, I like to say the general is around a $15 to $20 ball, or $15 mm -hmm. to $25 range. Mm -hmm. You figure your average cost of production is always going to vary on how you do it, but safe to say normally around $5 is your cost mm -hmm. all in if you're producing it yourself, okay? So you have an idea of, okay, if the shirt and the transfer will cost me, say, $5 and I can sell it for $20, I know my profit margin is $15 a shirt, okay? Mm -hmm. So now it's easier to say, okay, well, if my payments, let's say $300 a month, I need to do 20 shirts profit to be able to pay for that machine. That covers my expense for my shirts, supplies, mm -hmm. and it covers the machine profit. So it says, okay, can I afford this? So if you're, let's say you're doing vinyl and you're having a cricket and you're doing 50 to 100 shirts a month and you're like, oh, I can't afford this machine. Well, in reality, the time you're gonna save will allow you to not only be able to pay for that machine, but allow you to grow your business. Because a lot of times people's limitations on growth is not so much the ability of turning away jobs, it's the time to produce it, especially if it's a side hustle. Right, right. And 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 time is time's actually part of this. So we talk about, you know, who, what, um, when, where, and why. So who, what, when is actually next. Yep. So um, when are you going to do the work? Right, I think is something to ask yourself as part of getting started. So, who are you going to sell to? What are you going to sell them? And and just for sake of example, you could we could just say, I'm just going to start with friends and family, and I'm going to sell them T-shirts. Right, and that means that the next time they go to Disney together, family or four, they're going to be there for three days. They want a shirt for each day for the family to match for twelve shirts. Right, so I mean that's kind of who you're going to sell to. And then business referrals, you have friends who are business owners. So you're going to sell to your network of friends and what you're going to sell in t-shirts. So when, when are you going to do it? And I, this is an important thing to answer is to kind of block out times. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So are you going to do it um, after work on certain days of the week on weekends? You know, um, do you have any recommendations or thoughts on how somebody can block out time like that? Build a routine. First off, um, always kind of get in the habit. So the, the right thing is there's no right or wrong answer. Everybody, like if you're doing it as a side hustle, you know, when I started mine, look, I had kids, I had a full-time job, mm -hmm. you know, it, it was hard to say, okay, I'm going to dedicate this time, you know, but for me, you know, I had a newborn at the time. So luckily I dedicated my nighttime. I was, I'm more of a late night person. So after I did the family time, did my work, got everything taken care of, I would try to block out two to three hours, whether it's media, design work, production, whatever the case is, there's multiple aspects of it, you know, um, but just really finding what works for your time. You know, some people work overnights, so, you know, maybe doing nights doesn't work for them, but they want to come home, take a nap, and then before they go to work, do it, or maybe they come home, they're still wound up, got some energy, do it. Work whatever was best for you. Try to block out at least an hour a day, and it doesn't okay. have to be every day, you know, even if it's three times a week, mm -hmm. you know, if you don't have any jobs to do, Go on social media, build your presence a little bit, post some pictures, you know, find some articles even, you know, even find designs, you know, mm -hmm. even if you're not a designer, you know, there's a lot of people that can utilize sites to buy artwork. So, you know, a lot of people want to get started, but they're like, look, I don't have any graphic ability. 
these days you don't even need to. You know, you can buy, there's, I know so many people that buy pre-made stock artwork and they resell it, whether through an online website, social media, or just through local friends and family members. Yeah. You know, how many times have, like, I mean, I'm sure everybody that has looked into custom t-shirts has won it's a custom shirt at some point in their life. Right. You know, the, the who is everybody. I mean, mm-hmm. potentially everybody's your customer. You know, not saying everyone will end up being your customer, but potentially you have everyone's going to need your service at some point or the mm-hmm. other, you know, whether it's for an event coming up, a business they want to start. And that's a big one right now. Everybody wants to start their own business, you know, and, you know, this is a great way to get into it. But even if you have other friends looking to do the same, you know, it's a great segue to kind of help them. You know, you can build your clientele list. And personally, I always recommend to people you know, focus on your business owners. Business owners are great because mm-hmm. the beautiful thing about a business owner is they're going to keep ordering shirts mm-hmm. on a regular basis. You know, a family trip shirt, it's great to sell, but chances are they're not going to come back every single month and, you know, keep right. ordering shirts. Right. So, you know, and a lot of it's going to fig- figure out who your customer is. You know, if you like that, you know, business aspect of it where you're getting the constant orders on a regular basis. Great. You know, other people, they like to do the one-off custom stuff because you're always going to make more money on the smaller ones and twos than you will on the 25s and 30s. Right. Right. Because it's, 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 if it's a family of four type of a shirt that each one's going to be a little different, it's a little more uh, time and effort and therefore you charge more for that. And so um, you said something great about, you know, like an hour a day. And one of the things that, um, that I've, I've read in the past from other experts and we've talked about in the podcast is, you know, say a lot and a very reasonable amount of time every week. So mm-hmm. you're going to say, I'm, I can do six hours a week reasonably. So what does that mean? And then kind of put it on your, literally put it on your calendar. So mm-hmm. you're going to say, okay, Mondays are rough at my full-time job. I'm going to want to come home and spend time with the family, watch my show and go to bed. So you're not going to do it Monday. Tuesday, I can do an hour after work. Wednesday is actually a little bit different because, you know, um, wife is going to dance with the girls and I'm usually home alone for a couple hours. Sometimes I go, sometimes I don't. I can definitely block off two hours on Wednesday. And then Sunday... Um, I know I'm an early riser and I'm not, but in this fake story, somebody is, I'm an early riser. And before we go to church, you know, we go to church at nine, I'm up at like five and everyone's asleep till eight, you know? Um, so Sunday morning from like five 30 to seven 32 hours. Well, you just found your six hours, put that in your calendar and that's your work time. If you work, you know, five, six, seven hours a week on your side hustle, and you reach out to your network of folks, your who, and you know what you're going to sell them, you know, t-shirts, mugs, whatever it's going to be. Without a doubt, in an extremely short period of time, not only will you be making your machine payment, but you'll be finding that money yeah. to, to, you know, pay for the vacation, like the play money. Because like yeah. you said, some people just want to side hustle for play money. It's like, I'm going to work a little extra harder and then I'm going to take that money. I'm going to go on vacation. I'm going to buy parts for the race car, you know, whatever. whatever And and I'm I'm guilty of that. Listen, you know, like uh, this used to be our Disney money, you know, so. So, okay, good. So we've got um, who, what, um, where I think is is a simple and obvious one, but it's a question you should write down. Like, where are you going to put the machine, your heat press, where are you going to run it? Um, 
It's an important thing. You know, are you going to do this out of your house, like in a spare bedroom? Are you literally going to set it up in the dining room? Um, Are you going to do it in your garage? Can the equipment you're running work well in a garage, right? You know, if you're in, you know, the main, you know, the garage might not be a place you want to work in January. Unless yeah. it's unless it's heated or something like that, so the wear is important. Um, and uh, or do you have a space where you can work? Maybe a friend of yours owns you know a, a mechanic shop and they have a back office they're willing to let you use, maybe even for free. Yeah. You know, so um, picking a space in your own personal space, and then if you're not sure where you can work it in your space, then reach out to your network. And find out, you know, do you have friends that are business owners? Do they have a spot they're willing to let you to use for a period of time? Hey, can I start my business in in that back office that you never use for, um, you know, would you be willing to let me use that for like three months for free? You know, I mean, just on it, if they're your friend, you just ask. Yeah. What do they say? They just say like, uh, you know, insurance, I can't. Okay, cool. I get it. You know, um, let me ask the next person. And uh, maybe your maybe your grandma still lives in the house where the whole family was there, and just like three empty bedrooms, right? So there's always a, a space, but you do have to consider where. Um, when you started, wh- where did you do it? So when I first started in my house, I had I used my garage, and I had an extra spare bedroom that I had my computers and my equipment set up in the bedroom. Um, obviously, you know, depending on if it's AC or your climate, we're in Florida, so it gets kind of hot. So in the garage, isn't really the most ideal place to leave computers and, mm-hmm. you know, electronic equipment. Um, but I left my heat press there. So I would do all my work inside the house. And then, um, in the evening time, especially once everyone went to sleep, that's where I, I like to do all my production in my garage. It was nice because it didn't, I didn't have to worry about waking up my baby or anything mm-hmm. along those lines, you know, right. um, but definitely doing it at home, you know, especially if you're doing it as a side hustle, I recommend like, you don't got to worry about expenses and, oh, let me go find a location. Look, find a little spot. You know, even if you have a small equipment, find a spot in your bedroom. Even if you got to rig something or do it, it doesn't take up a lot of space, but just start doing it, you yeah. know? And the reason why it's better to have it in your own space is when you have it, let's say you put it in a buddy shop, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say maybe you don't have full access to the shop. So right. that you need to go knock out shirts right now. You're up. You want to go get it done. But now you got to go rely on somebody else. That's mm-hmm. why it's always better to have control. Not saying that if it grows, you know, even if you like there's times like even right now, like I have a setup in my house, but at my dad's house, he has more open space than I do. So majority of the equipment's there. So if I have something rushed that I need done now, I have the ability here. But if something a little bit bigger and I have a little bit more time, then it's nice having the other space. Yeah. But even if you have another space, make a little bit of extra money and then keep the stuff in your house. Keep a little, even like a cricket or something small. Just if someone comes in through and needs something real fast, you ain't got to go drive to go knock it out real quick. You know, right. it was nice where if I'm sitting at home on Sunday, someone can call me, hey, I need uh, two quick shirts. Can you knock it out? Less than an hour. You know, you can have them yeah. done, signed, sealed, delivered. Yeah, that's excellent. And, it, and it's so a great point about, um, you know, using the space that you live in to start because you can, um, it's like uh, working out from home versus going to the gym, yeah. right? Um, a lot of people quit the gym because you've got to um, put on something acceptable to wear in public, drive there, park, find your locker, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Then unwind all of that. Um, when you work out at home, you wake up in the morning, work out, 
go in the shower, get ready, go to work. So um, it allows you to do it, right? Right, And um, so that's something really to be considered. And I've talked to a bunch of different people about how they got started in their home. And yes, yeah, yeah, some folks have um, the spare bedroom, which is great. Other folks, they don't have that space. All the bedrooms are filled. All the rooms are filled. And I talked to one uh, person, two examples specific that I thought were kind of funny, but just interesting. Uh, one of them had their heat press and their printer on a back wall in the dining room. And, um, and they literally just covered it yeah. like with like a, uh, uh, um, a like furniture a cover or something. Yeah. They just put like a furniture cover over it and put it in the back corner and it wasn't really that noticeable. And they put like plants in front. I forget. I think they put like plants in front of it. So like, it was like kind of hidden and you wouldn't didn't super notice it, but it was definitely right smack in the right. middle of like, you walked into the house and it was like right there to the right. And they're just like, we put these nice, you know, decorative covers on it, put a plant in front of it. And just nobody ever even asks. See, I would have been the opposite. <laughs> I, I personally would have had it out in the open. So everybody right. saw it. So they ask you, yeah. you know, that's a great if people point see too. it, they ask, you know? Yeah, great point too. Um, and that was kind of another one was they put a, uh, they got a fold out white table and they said, we put it in the corner again. I think it was a dining room or, or living room and they put it in the corner um, and it was kind of like near a window so they can open up the window and get a breeze while they worked and stuff like that. And they just left it there and it was just there. It was part of their house. Mm-hmm. And they said people would come over, they'd ask about it. Um, they'd invite friends over and be like, Hey, like, you want to have a couple of beers and make a shirt? And yeah. Like, Heck yeah. Come on over and be like, what do I need to bring? And, and it would just be like, oh, just go to Walmart and just pick a blank shirt you like. And they'd come over, they'd bring their own shirt and you'd make stuff for fun. And then it just turned into advertising because they would leave. They'd go to their neighbor's house. Oh my gosh, that shirt's so funny. Where'd you make it? Oh, my buddy makes shirts. I literally went to his house and we had beers on Friday and I made like three shirts. Right. No way. You know, actually I need shirts cause I've got a landscaping business and I could actually use some shirts. Does he do that for a, li- yeah, he does it for a living. Boom business. So, um, all of that works out. And, and so you could do it in the spare bedroom. You could put it somewhere in the house and kind of hide it. Um, or you could put it right out in the open, you know, just do what works for you. But all of those are extremely viable options. The important thing is just to do something. Right. You know, do I something. mean, just do something. I mean, to get started. And, you know, even the, luckily I had the space at the time when I started to have a spare bedroom to dedicate mm-hmm. to it. But like even my dad, many, many years ago when he started, he started. I still remember him starting out of our uh, dining room. You yeah. Know? So there's nothing wrong with starting in a dining room. You know, I've literally seen people that have uh, they put it in their master bedroom. They'll yeah. put it literally next to their nightstand. I've heard They'll of put that their too, vinyl yeah. cutter there. Mm-hmm. And that way they have their own little. That's the only space they have in their room. But it's still enough to work, yep. you know? And the, and the bedroom is one that's, that's interesting uh, because the, you know, the kids don't go in there because it's the master bedroom. It's like, it's, it's, it's the parent space. Yep. So, um, so we could easily put stuff in there and we know the kids aren't going to fiddle with it. Uh, and then uh, what just like, and, and part of the point of all this is again, going back to like, no matter who you are, no, the bedroom's a sacred place for me. It's just for sleeping. I don't want to put, great. You Then you put it somewhere else and someone else, like, just do what you like. You liked it out in the open mm-hmm. because it was a way to advertise. And someone else didn't like it because they liked their house to be a little more prim and proper. So they decided to kind of hide it. Um, so it's just great. But the point really is, is just you have to pick where and you should write it down, plan it, and then look at some of the basics. Do I have, uh, do I have power there? Do I have plugs on that wall that I want to put it in? Um, if I don't, um, should, 
can the machine I'm going to operate work with an extension cord? You should ask. Um, if, uh, if it won't, you know, how much is it going to cost to put an outlet there? Or can you do it yourself? Right. You know, I needed power in my house outside. Uh, I, I just, I added the power. You know, I looked it up. I consulted with somebody. I found out how to do it correctly and by code. And I just added a power box. It wasn't that hard. It took me a couple hours and I didn't have to spend much money. Um, so, so you figure that out. Um, and then uh, just consider the space in general. Um, if there's going to be a heat press in there, you know, is it tucked in a corner? Is it going to get super hot? If it is, are you in a climate that you could open up a window in there? If you can't, you know, how are you going to get a little ventilation? You know, so consider maybe, all right, well, I'm going to have a heat press in here. It's a small room. It's going to get hot. I'm going to go to Walmart and buy a fan that I can put to blow some of the air out out of this room. You know, whatever, whatever it might be, just consider it and write and write it down. Yeah. The, the, the one thing that I'll say is to remember there's no right or wrong. Right. You know, okay. just what works for one person doesn't mean it's going to work for everybody. You know, and one of the the things that I feel is sometimes, you know, even if you're looking at starting to get into the apparel business and maybe you have a friend who does it, mm-hmm. you know, and you go and you see their production and maybe they have a really nice setup. You don't have to start there. You know, some of the most successful people start off with nothing and start mm-hmm. from ground up. And sometimes it's more enjoyable that way, mm-hmm. you know, being able to do it. But, you know, whether you like it in your dining room, your bedroom, you know, your garage, whatever the case is, you know, and plus there's some people that have, you know, detached garages, you know, or, or storage sheds that mm-hmm. they put it in and they turn them into like their whole little craft studios, whatever, whatever works. The important thing is I wouldn't go so crazy, like trying to build out a whole space and putting all this money into it before you actually just do it. Buy the equipment, set it up, make your money. Later on, you can always grow and move it to a different spot in your house. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, let's say if you don't, maybe you don't have a lot of room, but you know what? The bedroom was the only place that you could put it. And that's the only place, you know, that really made sense for the time being. Okay, well, great. You start there. And then later on, whether you, you know, maybe you either move or you open a shop if you grow into another location or, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, options are really endless. You know, the mm-hmm. important thing that I always try to tell people is don't get wrapped up in what somebody else does. Focus on yourself yeah. and what you want to do. Yeah. Because that your goals and someone else's goals might be different. You know, there's a lot of people who just want to do this to put an extra $500,000 in their pocket a month. They love their job. You know, whether you're a teacher a nurse, you love your passion, you, you know, you just want to supplement some income, you know, I hear especially a lot for teachers, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, we do obviously with a lot of teachers, because when you're in a job to where, you know, obviously during your school year, you're consumed, you have reasons to do it. But come summertime, you have all this open time. Mm -hmm. So instead of having to go find a part time job doing all the stuff, you can go do it from the luxury of your home. And to be honest with you, for some people, it frees up the ability to, you know, let's say you want to go on vacation, you know, if you want to live the life that you couldn't do rap, you know, with your day job, having the extra income, having the extra money and stuff like this will help you not only in your own life, but help you grow the business. Because I always like to tell people, especially if you get into doing it as a passion and you want to grow it, always allocate a small percentage to put back into the business. Okay. You have to reinvest. You know, I always like to tell people, try to put 10% back into your business. You know, even if you don't use it right now, when you need more supplies or when you see that new machine that just came out that you have to have, you know, at least you're on track for it. Yeah. So that's great. So um, we've we've a little over like halfway through the podcast and I think we nailed kind of the the starting it. Mm-hmm. And you, you have a great segue there talking about growing it. So I'm going to 
finish with the why, mm -hmm. and then let's go into grow, growth a little bit. Because some of the folks listening here may be in the middle of all of these things. They may already be doing this, and they're trying to figure out, well, how do I get to the next level up? So hopefully, if you're just getting started, you've got kind of an inspiration of the steps to make and the things to write down to help you get past that hump and actually go for it. Um, and then uh, if you're currently doing it on the side, hopefully you've picked up a couple things to help you kind of expand that side hustle or reorganize it. Um, I know plenty of people with side hustles that they've never written down the hours that they work. It's a scramble every mm -hmm. week. Maybe you've just been inspired to put some time in the calendar. So um, the last though, who, what, where, when, um, why is a big one. You have to remember why you're doing it. Are you doing it to make the extra thousand bucks a month? Are you doing it because you want to have Disney vacation money? Are you doing it because you want to have your own business and you could stop working for the man? Are you doing it because you have kids and you want to build a business that you can pass to them one day? That you're like, listen, I want to build this up and in 20 years... I want to be able to have a business that's now my son and daughter's business. So you have to consider what your reason is for wanting to do it. And you should write that down and never forget it nope. because you're going to hit bumps, fears, um, upset customers. Uh, something's going to break. You're going to turn on your machine one day and it's going to say error. And you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I have a job to do. And now you're on the phone with support trying to help figure it out. Well, I'm like, things are going to happen. And, it, and if you always have your why, whether it's in your head, written down, you know, if it's for Disney vacations, you, you've got a freaking picture of Mickey stick stuck up a, a, behind your machine. And every time you're frustrated, you look up and you see that picture, the family picture of last year at Disney, and you're like, the kids are going again this summer. That's why I'm doing this. Um, or, or you, you know, you picture if you want to buy a boat, you know, you put your boat up there. I mean, that's the thing that, that success, they say successful people, um, they do all the time is they write down what they want to do. They make affirmations. They remind themselves of what that are. So if you want the boat and the goal is like, listen, if I'm going to buy the boat, I need five grand to put down, you know, put a picture of the boat and Put a have a have a, a chart with a, with like a, a graph that you're putting the lines of that money that you've been saving up, and when you're at two thousand bucks and you hit a bump, you're like, I'm like halfway there almost, yeah. you know. And, and I like to break it down. I'm a numbers guy, so okay. I like to break it down even a little bit further than that. So like, if you want to buy a boat and you know you need five thousand, and you know kind of how much money you're making, you should have an idea. Like, okay, like if you're making ten dollars a shirt. And you need 5,000, okay, I need to sell 500 shirts to get this boat, right. you know, and kind of make it more targeted. But I agree with that. I used to be a sales trainer for a company many years ago. And I used to tell people all the time, you know, people, a lot of times motivation lacks because people don't know what they want, you yeah. know, as far as even goals or whether it's possession or more free time. But I used to tell people, visualize what it is. I don't care. Um, I remember a lady I dealt with who was having a tough time. She wanted to buy a new car. So I told her, flip through magazines, find the picture of the car that she wants and stick it right at her desk. Mm -hmm. And you'll be surprised it does motivate people more because when you actually see it and once you start putting numbers in association with it, it no longer becomes a dream. It's now the goal. Yeah. Yeah. So that's great. And and I think that the why is that, uh, well, two, you know, two things, um, you know, one, everything you just said, but then the, the fear you have like fear and, and then the answer to that why. 
mm-hmm. right? And they are always going to fight each other constantly, right? The the fear of failure, the fear of getting started, the fear of what if I, you know, what if I don't make enough money and I don't make the payment on this thing? What if I, um, what if I convert this area of my house and set it all up and then it just doesn't work? You know, like that fear is always going to be, you know, how am I going to deal with customers? Whatever your fears are, they're always going to get in the way of the reason why you want to do it. So you have to make sure that that why beats the fear every time. You know, I want to take my kids in this vacation every year. So yeah, it's a little scary to do this. Yeah, it's scary to do that. But I know if I do this and I put the five hours a week in on the side hustle and all this stuff that I'm definitely, I'm going to make that money yeah. and we're going to go every year. And in fact, uh, we're probably going to make, and, and in reality, you're probably going to make enough money that you're not just going to Disney. You're doing the Disney oh, cruise, yeah. like, you know, like everything. you're doing, you're staying at like the nicer hotel because you didn't even realize that when you push this, you could, you could do so much more than you did. So, um, so I think that's kind of goes into kind of the second half of this podcast or second, right. third, 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 whatever. Now, now one thing <laughs> I would like to add to that though, too, yeah. and this is, a, to be honest, I think this is the most important thing. Like all the luxuries are nice and it's great having the extra money. But the number one thing is we, we live in a day and age where you just never know what can happen. You mm-hmm. know, and the nice thing about this, having the ability to work from home or for yourself, let's say you're working a job and the company you work for decides to shut down mm-hmm. or lays off. At least by building this, you're not totally in a position where you're stuck. You know, what am I going to do? You know, I've known many people that have actually got the push to go, you know, full time from either losing a job or having something happen or, you know, maybe a family emergency, you know, and you got to move. The nice thing about this is you can take this equipment anywhere. So even if something happens where, you know, maybe you're in a state and you want to move in a year or two years and you're like, oh, I want to wait. Why wait? You can start now. You can move your equipment, you know, and even if you built customers, you can still ship. We're in a shipping day and age, right. you know, so it's not even like you're going to lose that potential customer, you know, but the reason why I say that is just because like I, you know, obviously we hear about it all the all day long on the news and stuff about how many companies are laying off mm-hmm. and stuff. And a lot of the people, it's nice to have that control, you know, yeah. be able to make that money because there's also a lot of abilities like, and I, I know we're going to talk about it probably more in the next section, but we're just start, talking about starting right now. You know, it's even easier to grow the business once you start it. There's yeah. so many avenues to go to. So let's, let's kind of talk about that a bit, right? Sure. So at this point in time, um, we're like 30 so minutes into the episode mm-hmm. and we've kind of really nailed down like how you're getting started and how you're stabilizing that starting. Cause you know where you're going to do it, who are you going to sell to all this stuff. Now um, let's, Fast forward to a point where you're doing, you're working five hours a week, maybe, and you're, you hit the goal, right? You're, you're, you wanted to make a, whatever the number is, you wanted to make a $2,000 a month, $1,000 a month, you know, three grand a month. And now you hit that and you want to grow the business, but you're, you feel a bit stuck because listen, with the time I've allotted, this is as much production as I can do. I'm my orders are backed up like two weeks, so I, I can't sell more. I'm already kind of like, if I sell more, I just get backed up further and, and eventually that doesn't work. So um, how do you grow once you're at that point? Um, one of, So that's kind of one of the challenges, you know, that's a, like a growing pain that you encounter because 
you will hit times where you'll be so busy. One of the best tips I can give with that is when you give your time frames or your deadlines, you know, especially if you're working another job, don't be so quick under the gun. Don't be like, oh yeah, I'll give it to you in a day or two. You know, give yourself time. Um, if you know you're busy, communicate that with your existing customers. You know, that way you kind of keep your existing customers happy. But if if you're in a point where you're you have dedicated time that you allowed and you're exceeded that time and you're still busy, now it's time to start saying, okay, well, look, how can I add a few more hours? You know, mm -hmm. if if you're only looking for a side hustle and you only want to make, let's say, $500,000 a month and you're fine, that's all you want to do. You don't want to do anything else. Then keep doing your business okay. and make yourself selective. You know, the people who want to come to you, they'll deal with you. They'll wait your time frame. And that's just how it is. If they don't want to wait, then they can go somewhere else. But when you're in a that field where you, you, your level of productions expanded you know mm -hmm. you, you can't fill in no more work so now it's time to grow mm -hmm. obviously so you can either grow by adding more uh, an extra hour or two a day or a couple hours a week to it you know not saying okay i had a busy month let me go quit my job now to go pursue this full time right. but you still want to definitely take the steps if you but i can tell you if, you if you're at a point where you have enough business to keep you busy find the extra hour to a day, mm -hmm. you know, even if it's a weekend, a day off, even if you get a little bit less sleep, you know, do it because those are going to be the growth that helps you get to the full time, okay. especially if that's what you want it right. to do, because it's not going to come easy. You know, you're going to have those. And I'll tell you from experience, you're going to have those late nights where you're working until early hours in the morning to get the job done, you know, especially if you're working a full time job, if you, you know, if you're mm -hmm. busy, but at the end of the day, it's rewarding. It's refreshing, right. you know, because if if you're bringing in that much more, you're doing something right because you're obviously making money. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're on the right track, then especially if you keep growing at a fast pace, then obviously there's going to come a point where you're going to have to look past maybe your full-time job and kind of weigh the pros and cons to see, am I making more money doing it for myself? Right. And, and sometimes it could be as little as maybe going part-time in your full-time job, yep. you know, and then pursuing this because it generates more revenue. Or maybe even you hate your full-time job and you want to go find a different part-time job and you have this as a supplement. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, so you, you, you hit on a few things. So I'll kind of summarize some thoughts sure. that you had there and I have an, uh, another one to add that we spoke about. But for one is um, if you're doing five hours a week, if you, um, I mean, let's let's get a calculator so we could just talk about some super simple math. Right? If you're doing five hours a week and you can find one more, that's 20% more time that you're putting about in there. Um, so if you're if you can find two more hours, you know, I mean, like that's that percentage amount of work you're putting in there is actually a good amount because you figure uh, if you're putting in 20 hours a month and you bump that up to 28. You know, that's a pretty significant amount of work that you could do. And that can directly reflect the income that you make. Right. So a little bit more time. Um, I would recommend that you when you're doing this, you know, have the discussion with your significant other about it. Figure out what you're going to cut out. I mean, there are simple things in life you can cut out that you really don't need that you spend your time doing. Like, are there stupid TV shows you watch that you didn't really need to watch? Like, I'm, no, I'm just going to cut that out. Or some of the stuff I could work while I watch the show. Like, you know, it's just, I just watch sports. So I don't have to be hyper-focused for three hours. I can be working while the game is on, or I could put the game on just like uh, the radio or something like that, right? So um, you can find a little bit of time. Um, the other is, um, I was going to say, is, is getting some folks to help you. 
Okay. Is your spouse or your son or daughter or a friend of yours or your friend's son or daughter, you know, your nephew, can, and, can and, someone can help you? Yeah. And I recommend, especially if you have kids, um, kids are a great help for that because you're teaching them a skill. You're giving them the ability. Like I have a, uh, my son, he's nine, almost 10. Mm-hmm. And I want to teach him into doing it because he sees my dad, he sees myself doing it. So he has interest for seeing it. But I always tell him, it's like, you know, even for kids, kids have such a wild imagination. You know, you can help even start a business for your kid at a young age, mm-hmm. whether they like doing designs and stuff like that. You know, a lot of people we talk to, kids these days want to start their own t-shirt business and stuff, you know? And so it's a great way to spend time with your kids. You're educating them and teaching them. So, you know, I know me personally, I hope my kids want to get more into it when right. they get a little bit older. But especially if you have a teenager, you know, if you're making money, give them a chance to make a little bit of extra little bit of money by helping you, yep. you know, give them a chance, but let them see it, you know, because especially at that point, if you have the ability to make money, it's good to teach a kid to say, Hey, listen, you have more options than just going and working for somebody. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And, and, uh, so bringing, you know, someone else in is great, especially like you mentioned kids and there's all this littlest things you could do. Let's say, um, one thing that came to mind is, you know, um, we always recommend, you know, do things for your customer after, like write, write a thank you note, you know, things like that. Um, so you can have your kid do that. Maybe they're only seven. They can write at this point in time. Have your kid write the thank you note. People are going to open that up and melt. Like, you know, thanks. This is me and my dad's business. We appreciate your business, you know, Bobby, whatever, and put that in there. And now you've taken maybe the thank you notes wasn't that much time. Maybe only spent like 30 minutes a week, you know, writing notes and put them in envelopes. But you have your kid help you. They think it's fun. They love spending the time with you. Um, And then every once in a while, they get to hand that to an adult and the adult's going to open it and know they wrote it. And they're going to get the instant rewards out of that. So there's all these little things you could do. and you can, so, uh, it, you know, you said teenagers, Hey, you want to make a hundred bucks Saturday morning from 7am to 10, come in, come in the living room with me. We're going to work for three hours. You're going to make a hundred bucks. And then when you go out on Saturday night with your friends to the movies, you know, yeah. popcorn stuff's on you. You're the hero, that, right? That's you know? it. You know, don't, if you have the ability to make the money, don't come to me to, don't come to me to ask <laughs> me for the money, you know? <laughs> right. Right. And then, and then of course, you know, you reward them in your own way. And then further, you know, um, friends, neighbors, nephews, nieces, your spouse, anybody who can help you out is just a great way to do it. Um, you can reward them with anything. You could, you could pay them of course, for helping you out. Maybe they just help you out a little bit on the side because they're part of your family. They're just going to do it anyway. They just want to do it. They don't want anything back. Um, because they're, they're reaping all the other rewards with it. So work on getting help. Um, and then the next, uh, for growth that I have would be, um, what are things that you're doing that you don't, have to do that you can pay someone else to do invoicing graphics um maybe even we talked before about um you have an embroidery machine well any job under 24 pieces you're gonna do but if somebody comes for a hundred you have a local shop that has a lot more machines that you can outsource to work to you make a little bit less money on it but you've also not spent the time so now you've taken out that that hundred piece order was going to eat up I mean, let's just say two weeks because you're only working five hours, mm-hmm. right? That So it basically eats up two weeks worth of time. Well, you outsourced it. Maybe you made half the money, but now you're only spent maybe one hour dealing with that outsourced job. Now you've got nine hours to grow the business, do more of those small jobs. 
And it may come to the point where, you know, 30% of your work you're outsourcing. And that 30% right there is that much more growth you have. Because again, you're only working five, seven hours a week. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of outsourcing on a lot of aspects, you know, like we talked about. And just because, you know, some people's production, like if you get an order for a thousand shirts, you know, realistically to do it yourself would be next to impossible. The amount of time and energy Mm -hmm. it would take versus, you know, sending it to someone else. Yes, you make a little bit less money, but you're making money for basically and essentially doing nothing. Right. You know? Right. But that money can help you grow your business existing, Mm -hmm. you know? And, you know, one other thing to kind of touch on besides this point is also looking at your equipment, you Mm -hmm. know? Different equipment can produce different outputs. Right. So maybe you're starting with a smaller machine where you can only do 10 to 20 shirts an hour, where if you're having volume on a regular basis, you might want to look at maybe the next step up because now instead of doing 10 to 20 shirts an hour, now you can do 30 to 40 shirts an hour. And it could be as little as something, adding another heat press, buying another machine, adding another process to it. And even if you don't like, let's say you're in a job where you really don't have a lot of extra time or your life's very demanding. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's not always about finding more time and it's just finding how to use the existing time you have a little bit more efficiently. Yeah, that's great. Uh, And a lot of folks come to this realization and that's where they go from um, they have like a vinyl cutter and they move up to a digital printer or they have a hobby cutter and move up to a professional cutter um, or they have a digital printer and decide to buy extra heat presses or a larger printer um, or a different piece of equipment and that's the key right there too is that is in so many words that's more labor yeah. That's high. It's like equivalent almost to hiring labor is that if you have a, a cutter and you're using that and that's eating up all of your time. Well, if you buy a digital printer, you're going to find that the same exact shirt takes about eight seconds to print on the digital toner printer, you know, right. on like a digital heat effects machine where in the cutter that was between cutting and weeding was, was maybe 15 minutes a shirt on some, I mean, some definitely could yeah. be that um, where it was, you know, literally 10 seconds on the printer. So you've significantly increased your output. Uh, And then now you've also moved to digital. So you've actually created a new product you couldn't do before because now you can print a picture of a dog or a cat or a baby where you couldn't do that. So you've produced faster and you've increased the, your product line, what you can actually offer. Absolutely. So if you're doing vinyl and let's say you're doing five to 10 shirts an hour, Mm -hmm. but you go to a digital printer where you're doing 25, 30 shirts an hour. Well, if you had a hundred shirts to do, if you, if they were taking you, let's say even you were fast and you're doing 10 shirts an hour, you got 10 hours of production. If you can cut 10 hours of production down to three, think about how much more money you're still making the same amount of profit in the job. You're just using your time more efficiently. And especially as the business grows, that's, what's going to be important because even if you don't outsource and you do everything and house having the right machines what is what makes all the difference because when you look at these bigger shops that you're outsourcing this stuff to the biggest thing that you're paying them for is their equipment right is because they have the ability they have five embroidery machines sure. where you have one right exactly and and some of that you know that leap um is actually and somebody listening to this right now is probably they have one piece of equipment they're doing all this stuff and they're having a hard time growing well the leap you took to get that first machine is much scarier than the leap to get the second machine right so it's like if you already have customers and you're already making a thousand bucks a month and you're like how am i going to grow well well what if you invested in a piece of equipment that yeah costs you a few hundred bucks a month you know in in the risk 
but you've significantly increased your output. Now all of a sudden you're doing some of the job in vinyl, some of them digital print. You're running two machines at once and then and, and heat pressing in between the stuff. Well, you how many hours did you put? Just like you said, you know, you put seven hours back in your pocket. You're going on those Facebook groups and you're trolling for more business. You're attending, you know, a networking event. You join uh, uh, the local chamber of commerce and you go to the luncheon every month now. Like you do all these things you couldn't do before because you bought that time back yeah. and that will then grow the business. And it's a, it's a lot less scarier than that initial jump. So if you're in business now and you're kind of trying to figure out how do I grow it, I feel like I'm stuck. If you feel you're stuck in production then you have to reduce that production, whether it's by paying someone to help you, getting help from your kids or family, buying another piece of equipment, um, something like that. That is 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 a big thing to help you step up your growth. You you need you have to have to, to be able to grow a business. You need growth. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it sounds stupid, but it's true though. And how you grow is by equipment. You know, every there's especially for apparel, there's so many different types of pieces of equipment that you can go and kind of build into, you know, whether you start at a cutter, you go to mm -hmm. a white toner printer, and let's say you expand so much from there, you go to a DTG next, you know, mm -hmm. there's so mm -hmm. many different options, you know, keep in mind, labor is expensive. So a lot of times it's cheaper to spend the two, $300 a month for a finance payment than it is to pay an employee 500, a thousand dollars, even if it's a friend or family member, you know, it sounds overwhelming at time but when you start breaking it down because like even like with some equipment people go into sticker shock sometimes right you know but the thing to realize what's expensive to one person is cheap to somebody else you know so if you're used to a cricket where you're spending a couple hundred dollars and then you go to your next step you might be looking at a couple thousand dollars you know but then if you look at some of the larger companies they're buying a couple hundred thousand dollar machines right. You know, right. so everything's a progression. You got to start somewhere, but understand the larger machines, the larger the volume, the more you grow your business, that's what you want. You want to be, you don't want to just buy one machine. Okay, I'm, I'm going to run this machine till it dies and this is all it is. Okay, I can't afford. Like if you're doing embroidery and your machine's running all day long or while you're working and you can't afford to fill up any more time then it's time to start maybe looking at right. another machine if you can't right. add more time to right. it. Right. Yeah, that's that because then you double your production immediately. Now, um, well, great. So another thing to kind of talk about this with growth and going like um, you want to – you we mentioned earlier, you mentioned about maybe you take your full-time job and go part-time. How – and this is not an easy question, but what are – how do you know when that time is right? What – what do you, for you, when would you be able to make the jump? So I'll tell you, this was one of the toughest ones. When, when I left my full-time job the first time to go with my business directly, that was a scary thing. I had some personal family stuff that come up that kind of drew me away. So all the signs were leading to it. And I'll tell you, it was very scary. I mm -hmm. mean, even to this day, looking back at that was, it's tough because it's never really, is there a right time? There's really no such mm -hmm. thing as the right time. It's like it. having a baby. Exactly. <laughs> it, it's it's risk and reward. You yeah. know, you know, I'm a firm believer that in business, scared money don't make money. Right. So you have to take some risk. If you're mm -hmm. just waiting for it just to come fall in your lap and let everything just go through easily, mm -hmm. you're never really going to get anywhere. Yeah. You know, growth sometimes is uncomfortable, but as far as finding out when the time is right, so I did not do this, but I wish I did. I would say like 
really just understanding having your 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 side hustle has to exceed your monthly income from your day job. Mm. And you would want to have that at least on a three to six month regular basis before you even start looking at anything. Okay. And the next thing that I would do is I would work to build at least a six month savings. Okay. That way you have something to fall back on. When I did it, I kind of did it brash and it was like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to go with it. I was busy. I had good clients and luckily it kept me afloat, but it was a struggle. If if I had to go back and do it again, I would definitely reevaluate things. Right. And uh, Mark Stevenson, who uh, the co-host of this podcast for for a long time and now part-time right. uh, co-host, um, he had a thing that he would talk about a lot about being like so many months rich or so many months wealthy, and he had he would say, you know, if you wanted to do this, well, put that money back into your business, take that money that that side hustle money you wanted to have a thousand bucks a month to play with. Now you're making. $2,000 a month. We'll take that thousand and you put it aside because you say, I want to build that nest egg enough to where I can, where I've got a chunk of money. And then you say, okay, I've got, you know, three months worth of rent. I got three months worth of this. I got this. I'm not, I'm not going to quit my full time because I'm going to go part time, whether it's there or get a different part time job. So I'm still going to have money, but I've also got a safety net and that makes the jump. A little bit less scary. Oh yeah. So, um, so I think the steps would be making sure that you've what you've got some stability in your business. Uh, make sure that you've um, saved some money aside and you've got it that for when because business income is is a wave. It's not you know when you have a job with a salary forty hours a week flat right every paycheck's the same but with business you're going to have busier months and slower months so this will help you to kind of stabilize that. Um, and then I think just I think the last bit is just make sure your mind's right. Make sure you're confident, you feel good, your family's on board, um, and you're ready to do it. That that you feel you feel. I think I don't know if you have to feel so confident because, like you said, you never get there. There's never a perfect time. But you but you have to be in the right mindset to say I'm going to do it. I can do it. How do I know I can do it? Business has been steady for six months. I've got, you know, X month a month worth of savings that I've put into it. Um, I've turned away business that I knew I could have taken if I had more of the time. I've checked all these boxes like, you know, families on board. I got a buddy who said he's willing to help me out because, you know, he has a side hustle too and, and we can work together. Like you've got all these things checked and you're like, there's safety net, you know, go for it. All right. And one thing I would kind of add to that too is while you're setting everything up before you would go full time is, you know, build your connections at the same time, you know. So sometimes it's just going around to like your area, you know, like let's say if you have an embroidery machine. You know, you're small, you're starting it from your home. Go to local embroidery shops. You know, you don't even have to tell them you own the machine. Sometimes it's just walking into them, seeing how they have it set up, kind of get an idea, kind of get an idea of what they charge even, Mm -hmm. you know. But the reason why is if you build a relationship with somebody, like for me with a lot of my vendors that I deal with, that if I subcontract something out or send something out, you want to go deal with the people. So find Mm -hmm. local people. Don't try to find people online. Go try to find local people where you can build a relationship. Hey, listen, I have a small embroidery machine every now and then I get larger orders. Hey, can we work something out to where I can send you these larger orders? Obviously you have more equipment, you know, and and there's a lot of people who do wholesale contract work and that's their whole business is just doing work for other people, you know, and and the reverse you could say. And by the way, if you got little onesie twosies that you don't want to do and you want to throw them 
my way, you know, I'd like to have a little give and take partnership here. And they'll say, yeah, every once in a while someone comes in and they want one shirt and I'm just not going to do it because I'm just not set up for that. You know, I, I would have to charge them this setup fee and this and this, and nobody wants to spend $80 on a single shirt. And you say, I would do that. Yeah. You know, because I'm a little time wealthy now, not, you know, That's it. Um, so I, I don't mind putting and making a little bit less per hour because I'm getting started. So, um, you know, those are great relationships to build. Um, so we're we're about ready to wrap this up. Um, maybe any like closing advice for somebody for, I guess, two pieces of advice. One would be um, somebody who is almost ready to start. You know, like, so what, what advice would you give them to help, to, to help them know that they can do it? And then maybe the second is, is that somebody who is, is been going for a while and they want to grow, you know, what, what, what's a nice piece of advice to help them grow? So start and then grow. Okay. So, so to start, the first thing I would say is obviously start, (laughs) you know, try something, Mm -hmm. even if you're looking at getting started, if you have no ability, let's say you don't really understand the graphic side of the business, you know, you you think you would like doing custom t-shirts, but maybe you're not even too technical savvy, you know, there's ways to start into this business where you can purchase even just a heat press and you can start with buying transfers from other companies or other suppliers. Um, works out best if you can find local, that way you don't have to pay for shipping. And, you know, if you get a rush job, you can still accommodate it, but really just understanding your options. You know, um, if you, if you're not savvy in that regard, you know, start buying it, buy the heat press, buy the shirts, you know, just buy pre-made samples. You know, you can build a whole business just off of like clip art and, you know, standard pre-made designs, but you want to start somewhere. If, if, you know, if you, if you have interest in vinyl cutting or if you're more hands-on and you want to be more into it, start with the Cricut machine. Do a little bit. Get familiar with it. You know, once you get the basic understandings down, you know, everyone's going to start at a different point. Start where you're comfortable. Some people start in, they're like, look, I got a little bit of money. I don't want to, I want to kind of skip to start a little bit better than most people. I want to start right. maybe at a white toner system. So I, I don't have to deal with the weeding and the headaches. You know, a lot of times people will do research on it. They'll be like, look, I don't want to weed. I don't want to do with this. So if you're that person and you have the money that can afford to substantiate maybe a little bit of growth, look for a better machine. Find the machine that works best for you, whether it's a heat press, uh, vinyl cutter, uh, white toner system, whatever's within your limitations, just start somewhere, right? You know, once you start, then grow it slowly, you know, don't go out and spend all your money, your life savings to buy equipment and hope that the sales are going to come. Selling's easy. The jobs will come with it, but if you don't start, you're, you're never going to go. Right. So, I mean, the advice is actually do it, yeah, right? Which it. is the hardest thing is to actually do it. Um, a like they say, uh, what there's all these stats and like the percentage of businesses that fail and the percentage of businesses that are successful and, and the percentage of people who make a ton of money. But the largest percentage that nobody ever talks about are the trillions of ideas that never get started. That's the biggest percentage mm-hmm. of people. The everybody, everybody, and this is something that's funny that I've heard all the business moguls talk about and people who do advice and life advisors and all that stuff. Everyone says, you know, you know, you can't win the lottery if you don't buy a ticket. You can't have you can't make more money if you don't do something to do it. You can't have a successful business if you don't start. So um, the and the general rule of thumb is the the bigger place you can start, the faster growth you can get to. So if you can start with say, you know, a nice white toner system, yes, you're going to start off with a monthly payment, a few hundred bucks a month, you know, right out of the gate. 
but you're in reasonably, maybe not high production, but you're in reasonably high production right out of the gate, especially compared to someone who spent 300 bucks on a hobby machine. Mm-hmm. So you are going to be able to grow faster because you can do a 50 shirt order and not be up till two o'clock in the three yeah. o'clock in the morning. Um, on the flip side, if you literally can't do the larger machine, if it's just not in the cards, but you can do a heat press, do the heat press. Because at least you're starting. And maybe it's slower growth. Maybe it takes you a little bit longer um, to get to that thousand bucks a month you want to make for the side hustle. But you get there. And then you get there and you say, now the only excuse for me not getting the white toner printer is myself. Because you have the money. You know, so then you do that. Um, So wherever you can start, do it. And then kind of the second part of that question is, you know, growth. Now that um, you're... You're making a bit of a bit of money every you know every week, and we talked about you know time and help and all that stuff. But if you want to really hurdle past that that uh, plateau, you know what what's just the, the piece of advice you want to leave for this one? So for this one, I would honestly say really just kind of it's kind of a couple pieces. One, know your business, know where you want to grow to. You know, okay. if you started and you're like, hey, look, I. I'm doing good. I hit my goals and where I'm at, you need to have your next progression. Where am I going from here? You know, if if I'm taking this to my full-time, what does my full-time apparel shop or what does my full-time business look like? Like, what am Mm. I actually working towards in that regard? Because if you don't have a vision, if you don't know what you're doing, it's kind of hard to have a clear path. Just like we say, write it down. You write it down just so you have a a clear recognition of it and a path to how to do it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, one of the things I would say is if you're in business and you're growing and especially if you run into struggles, because I'll tell you one thing in business, you're always going to have challenges. And like I used to want to quit almost every day. It seems right. Like, it seems like almost every day something will come up. It's like, oh, my God, I just wish I had my job. I just wish yeah. I had my job. I did. I don't want to deal with a headache. But you know what? I learned that comes with growth. So if you're if you're ever get into those positions where you're questioning, like, you know, growing too fast or having too much work, look at equipment. Equipment is the key to growth. You know, going from a machine that does from 10 to 25 to 50 shirts an hour, because labor is very expensive in this, mm-hmm. you know, I can promise you that any machine will cost cheaper than hiring somebody right. to do the work, right. you know? So if you can at least have the machine that will do majority of the work and literally there's machines where you'll go from five to 10 shirts an hour to 25 to 35 shirts an hour to 40 to 50 shirts an hour. So having the right equipment makes all the difference in the job. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you have a cricket and you're doing two, 300 shirts a month, you know, you, you got to reevaluate that because right. your time and effort and everything going in there, you know, and as to be honest, technology changes a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, there's people that may have started, got into this five, 10 years ago. They've been doing the same method, but the technology constantly changes, you know, looking at some of the newer things that just come out, you know, and the nice thing is these days it's easier than ever. You have mm-hmm. DTF transfers that people can buy, you know, even the DFX systems, you know, you, you have so many different options that you can get into the industry. So if you're already in it and you're growing and you're looking to expand, you know, really look at your equipment on how you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Your finished product to your customer is going to play a big part of it, but just understanding your time, you know, because being able to go from so many people I talk to that do 10 to 20 shirt or 10 shirts an hour and they go to 25, 50 shirts an hour. It's like, Oh my God, I have so much time now. Yeah. And it's like, I can actually do stuff, you know, because the problem is, is you forget sometimes all the other stuff that comes with the business too, mm-hmm. because you still have 
paperwork that you have to do admin ordering supplies right so it's more than just producing the shirts yeah so sales customer service admin taxes you know all these things and i think that um the to add on to that the piece of advice i would give would be um one of the the biggest uh travesties in this business are uh folks that don't they have a hard time differentiating between the cost of things versus the value of their time. So they say, I'm not going to buy another heat press. It's like two grand, right? And it's like, well, every week you are spending an extra five hours, whatever it is, doing this extra work. That's your time. That is worth a lot more, a lot of money. That $2,000, yes, it's an upfront cost or it's a even if you're financing it, you know, it's like 50, 60, 70 bucks a month, you know, to finance something like that, whatever, um, is that you're like, gosh, but look at all that money. And it's like, well, what if you had that five hours a week back? What would you do with it? And it could just be spend more time with your family. It could be grow the business. It could be go and sell more. Um, it could be focusing on, on, on developing a new product that you want to grow. So, um, so many folks will get bogged down in say graphics and they will spend i spent an hour and a half working on this graphic like well you know, we have cold se graphics as a surface as a as a service that could have cost you like 30 bucks right and it's like yes it costs you 30 dollars, and yes you know the job maybe the job was only a 200 dollars job and you're like dang that's a big chunk of the money well you're trying to grow your business if you spent that hour and a half messing with a graphic because you're not a graphics pro and instead you spent 30 bucks and it's done and ready to print, that is maybe five, 10 minutes worth of work that you put into ordering it online, getting it and reviewing it. And then that hour, you did something else. You, um, you know, we talked about, you just went on fa- in the Facebook group yeah. that you're in and you just and you just looked for business. Okay. You um, you texted some friends. You haven't. T- you picked up the phone and you called a buddy who owns a business. Hey, I haven't talked to you in a while. How you been? How's your business? Hey, guess what? I did it too. I started the business. You have an hour long, you go out to lunch with that person, whatever it is, you network, sell, build. And, uh, and so often folks will look at that dollar amount and they don't assign any value to their own time. But if you really think about it, take all the revenue you generated, like, so pick three months worth of time, right? How many hours did you put into it? How much revenue did you generate and divide it and look at that number? For one, that's currently what your time is worth. So let's just say it's low. It's like 25 bucks an hour, right? Well, okay, that's more than a part-time job you'd ever get, right? Most part-time jobs don't pay 25 bucks an hour. Well, what could you do to make that worth more money, right? Well, if you got that second heat press, how many hours would that have cut it down by? Oh, would it cut the, cut the hours down by 20%? Add 20% to that. You just upgraded yourself from being worth 25 bucks an hour to 30 bucks an hour in a snap. And then all of a sudden you you start to see the value in that investment. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm working 20 hours, 20 hours times five bucks. Um, and, and all of a sudden it starts adding up. You're like, gosh, I'm paying off that heat press in like two months. You know, um, how about, why did I not do this sooner? <laughs> well, it's a, you'll be surprised at the amount of people you talk to that will spend good money on a machine. And then it's like, they'll come back a month or two later and be like, oh yeah, the machine's paid. Yeah. You know, it's like, um, you just bought it. How, how, 
got busy. Yeah, you got know? busy. Yeah. And it's just like, like I remember what I had a guy that I sold a machine to and the guy had more job. Like the guy had like 80 jobs come in beforehand. We don't recommend that. Yeah, but, you yeah. know, it's like, dude, it's like, he's like, man, these orders keep coming in. It's like, you haven't even gotten the machine yet, you know? Right. So it can grow fast, you know? Um, so I, I definitely agree with that, you know, but also knowing that as far as time goes, one thing that I like to touch on is making sure you're charging the right thing. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to say, okay, my cost is this. It's only taking me a few minutes to do the shirt. So I'll only charge, you know, a couple dollars for my time because it's only taking me a couple of minutes. You know, you don't want to do that. You know, you you should still, if you charge $20 a shirt, you should charge $20 a shirt regardless. You right. know, regardless if it costs you three or five dollars, whatever it does, you should still make money because we're in business to make money. And a lot of that is when you charge, understand that customers are not only paying for your knowledge and your know-how, but they're paying for your equipment at yeah. the same time. They're paying for the machine. They're paying for the, the thing they can't do. They're paying for the customer service. You yeah. know, you're going to deliver to them, you know, all of that. So, well, we've had a, a great episode. We probably went a little long on time, but there was so much information. And um, the thing I'll just finish with as kind of last thought is like mindset. You know, you and I had this have had this conversation and the energy I got out of it was just super positive mindset. You've got this. You've got a great energy. You could feel it. I mean, the first time that I spoke to you, I was like, this guy's getting on the podcast because you have this good energy and this mindset that inside you may be fighting battles, right? But outside you're just like, listen, I'm going to do it. I'm yeah. going to try it. I'm going to take the risk. I'm going to go for it. And that's the that's what you need to do as a business owner is you need to say, yes, you've got anxiety about, about starting it. You're concerned about growing. You're not sure what your next steps are going to be. But but in the, the thing in the front is going for it and having a positive mindset. And I will tell you that basically... Uh, uh, statistically, 95% of people that complain all the time about their business go online to complain, go into forums to say something negative, um, talk negatively to their friends and family about the business or their job are not as successful as the folks who are like you that just come out and say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try it. I'm, I'm and say positive things about it. And yes, like you said, every day I was ready to quit, <laughs> but you never did because you kept the the right mindset going forward. And, and even though I'm sure it wasn't perfect, but you, you show that energy. So if you're out there and you are constantly negative and complaining and saying like, you can't, you can't figure something out. So you're ready to throw it out the window. Like you got to erase that stuff. Oh, yeah. And it's up to you to erase that stuff out of your mind. Cause you can, you can hold on to that. Or you can just say, yes, it's going to be hard. Like today was a rough day. Like the machine gave me three, four errors. I couldn't figure out why. Support didn't know. And then finally the next day they we got it figured out together and I'm up and running like that. Yeah, that sucked. But I'm moving on. Or I can complain about it for the next 10 days and waste all that energy. And rather than like going up to a potential customer and shaking their hand and being like, you ready to make some awesome shirts? Yeah. You know? And I agree 100% because first off, people don't want to deal with negativity. But if you have all that time and energy to spend complaining and all the reasons why you can't do it, that's the reason why you're not succeeding. Right. Because people who are busy are so busy figuring the solutions to the problems than they are worrying about what the problems are. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite quotes is a Henry, I believe it's a Henry Ford quote where it says, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. 
Yeah, you know? there you go. No, that's true. And I think that's a great place to wrap up. And, and if after listening to this, you think you can start, you think you can grow, you can, you can go to the next level, whatever that next level is, then like it's up to you to do it. And you absolutely can because we see just thousands of people doing it all the time. Um, and if you're still unsure after listening to all this and you have a lot more questions, um, you know, pick up the phone. You can call, you can go to coldesi.com. You can live chat with one of our pros. You can pick up the phone and call somebody and say, I listen to this podcast. I'm, I feel like I'm 80% there. I'm stuck on one, two or three. Can you help me like understand this? And everyone you talk to will be able to help you get past that hump and figure out what you need, whether it's, Hey, you just need to hit go. Cause sometimes that's all it is. Um, or it's just, um, you know, Hey, yeah, here's some advice. Here's this. Here's how you want just apply for financing yeah. because you, you're concerned that you can't get approved for a loan. Have you tried? You know, so there's all of these things that are just a conversation away. So um, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. And um, go ahead and um, go to coldesi.com if you're curious about the type of equipment or um, or anything else that we have to offer to help you start or grow your business. And Amir Bavi is probably um, going to be somebody or potentially going to be somebody right on the phone that you talk to. So you've heard his voice and and you know where you can go for some advice directly with Amir, but also, um, you know, all of your colleagues, you have an amazing group oh, of people absolutely. around yeah. you. So there's tons of people to help you at, that are experts in different lines of equipment. And uh, maybe Amir is the expert in the one you're looking at, or maybe it's somebody else, but we're here to help. So um, thanks for listening and have a good business. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Custom Apparel Startups. Find more info and episodes at customapparelstartups.com. Brought to you by Coldesi. Learn about all the customization equipment Coldesi has to offer at coldesi.com.